getting like my whole Bible all the way through. It's, it's actually driving me crazy. The more you read it, the, I mean, it's good all the way through. It doesn't matter uh, what you read or how you read what you read. The thing is just read it. Uh, it'll change your life. Go down to verse uh, 20, 20 uh, uh, we'll go to 28, 25, 28. We'll start then, just read a couple of verses and then move on. We're, we're past that, 25, 28. Almost at the end, there's only 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. Jerry, I think I'm going to beat your bell today. Jerry has a bell that'll come in. I got, that'll give me 41 minutes to beat his bell. I don't know if I can do it or not. That's, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven verses. Oh, seven times seven is 49. I might not be able to do it. Amen. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Verse 27. We'll go to the, the cell of his birthright. The Schofield, Old Schofield Bible has a cell of the birthright there. Father, thank you for your blessings today. And uh, Lord, just thank you for letting us come to church. Thank you for a church to come to. Uh, Lord, thank you for a Bible that we can hold our hands and all the years it took to pre uh, preserve this word that we hold uh, so dear, Lord, that keeps us uh, safe, each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you uh, again for everybody's taking classes and going to school and, and trying to learn more about your book. I just pray that you put your hand upon them and bless them, those that's already been, Lord, that you'd use them. Uh, Lord, it's all about uh, uh, service uh, to you, to the King. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking at Jacob. We're at the a place where Jacob and Joseph, or Jacob and Esau is. And uh, you always come to a point in your life where, Mike, Mike! man, <laughs> I don't pay no attention to signs. You know what we need to do? We need to hang that thing up there in the ceiling and put a switch on it so it'll do this. <laughs> or put some red lights in the back back there somewhere that flash all over the place. A strobe light would be really good. Testing, one, two, three, testing, testing. And that's from a guy who plays what? What do you play? The, you play the uh, Frisbee? Disc golf. Yeah, disc golf. Disc golf. Guy got ate by an alligator the other day doing that. He wasn't actually playing uh, disc golf. That stuff's dangerous, man. Sports is dangerous. I don't know about you, but that stuff is real dangerous. He's down somewhere in Georgia, Alabama, or one of those states down there. Might have been Florida, but uh, people would miss and throw, throw those things in the, the ponds and the golf courses, so he'd go out and get them swimming there. <laughs> he swam out there, and a gator got him. Sports is dangerous, man. I mean, you shouldn't do that. That's not funny, but it's, it's real. I mean, it's dangerous, I'm trying to tell you. The best thing to do is just go on a diet and forget all the other stuff, man. Uh, and the boys grew. Talk about Esau and Jacob here. Uh, both of them grew together. Uh, uh, kids can grow together, but it depends on... If mom and dad get separate and do separate things in the raising of children, you're going to have different kids. Uh, Esau was raised by his dad. Uh, Jacob was raised by his, his mom. And uh, maybe not all of the things that they did. I mean, they had the relationship there, but uh, the, the relationship definitely needs to be there. 28, and Isaac loved Esau which he, uh, because he did even his venison, and, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And, and there was a danger there. Rebekah had some foreknowledge about what God was going to do. And she knew that God was going to, Jacob was going to uh, be the one in charge and Esau was going to have to serve him. Uh, Rebecca jumped the gun a little bit and uh, she did it her way, uh, which you'll find out in life a lot of times we'll do things our way and our way just don't work all the time. Uh, I've, I've learned here recently, probably in the last five, six, seven, eight, ten years, something like that, and that's recent. I'm 65, I'll be 65 this year, but 
I've learned that you, I'm slowing down, way, way down. And uh, I just can't, I cannot do, it isn't that I'm, I'm, I'm getting lazy or I don't care. It's just you got to wait on God to show you exactly what to do. Uh, I'm, I don't have that many years left to, uh, to, my mom's 90 years old. So, I mean, that's 35, 25 more years on top of where I'm at. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's, it's crazy. Uh, every move you make should be directed by the hand of God. And whenever you start knowing what God's going to do and you read your Bible, you know what he's going to do. Uh, I know that Israel's going to take charge. I already understand that. Uh, you know, the danger is for us is choosing Republican or uh, Democrat. Because you think you choose Republican and the Republicans are the safe side. Uh, they, they, I guess it's a, the lesser of two evils, maybe, maybe. Uh, but you don't know the top end of that thing. You don't know what's going on up there. Uh, you look at what they just did to a, a sitting or, or was a sitting president. Uh, and if they'll do that to him, that, that isn't even the sad part about it. Is I seen they, they showed something on, I was over talking to my mom the other day. And they showed this, she's watching this Catholic channel. So while I'm talking to mom, I got to bear that thing. She'll go between the Catholic channel and Fox News. I can't even begin to figure that one out, but that's okay. Uh, so anyway, she flipped over to Fox News, and they show Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, and she says, you know, the, the, what they do is they, uh, what do they call it? She calls it, she, it wasn't taint. It was worse than that. I mean, she was sitting there telling them. She said, smear. I mean, right, she's sitting there saying it. She goes, we smear whoever we want to smear. We smear them. And she's talking to the, the press corps. And the press corps, she says, and we use you guys to report on what we smear them with. Whether it's true or false is irrelevant. We don't care. We smear them. And then once you smear them and you guys report on it, then we pick up on your reports like you reported on it like it's real. So then now we come back and he goes, the whole purpose of that is to smear them. Well, you might not think much about that, but and I'm really not on either side here. I'm just telling you that uh, if you watch TV and you think what you're getting is truth on the TV, you, you got something. Uh, back in June, the FBI was at Mar-a-Lago where Donald Trump was, President Donald Trump. They were there. All the boxes that they seen, they seen back in June. They told him to, it's okay to keep the boxes, put another lock on the door. So he puts another lock on the door, and now they're charging him with obsession or uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, obstruction of justice because you put another lock on the door. I'm like, wait a second. You could have took everything. Now either side could do this. Then I heard somebody else say, "Well, now they're worried about the Republicans getting in." And if I voted, I would have to vote Republican. I would tell you that. So I'll be honest with you. Uh, but because it's a lesser, I feel like it's a lesser two evils. I don't know if it is or isn't. But, but you're sitting over here, if the Republicans get back in, are they going to do the same thing the Democrats did and go after them like they went? I'm telling you, the thing is, at that level anymore, it is just corrupt. Uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, he was a big gangster back in the 30s and 40s. Who? Capone. Al Capone, yeah. He, he said if he had to do it again, he'd get a license. <laughs> if he had to do all, he could do everything he did and get a license to do it, he would have probably been the president of the United States. And you say, what is that? It's corrupt at that level. You know what you got? You got a Bible sitting here that tells you exactly how it's going to be. And the danger is picking this book up 
and realize in what you see and then take that thing and go out and try to force everybody to do what you think this thing says. It's, this is a dangerous book. This thing is a loaded book, man. It's just loaded. You're getting ready to read something right here. Rebecca did exactly that. She went and, and she usurped the authority of God. She, she had interjected herself into that. She got her son Jacob to lie to his father multiple times down through there. Uh, no matter how you look at it, Jacob, if you go over to uh, verse 27, chapter 27, just real quick. Go down to verse 19. Ah, oh, man. Go to 15. 27, 15. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau. So she had access to Esau's stuff, which were with her in, her, in the house, and put them on her son, uh, upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats uh, upon his hand, and upon the smooth of his neck, because Esau was a hairy guy and Jacob wasn't. And she, gave him, uh, and she gave the savory meat and the bread, so she made this food to deceive Isaac, her husband. Guys, you can't trust your wife. Women, you can't trust your husband. I'm telling you what, man. I mean, when it comes right down to it, where the rubber meets the road, uh, sometimes you got to watch that thing, man. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not always for the best. Uh, and she gave the savory meat uh, and the bread which uh, had prepared. Now, now, wait a second. Don't think just because I'm reading this, we're not going to do this later on. You guys think, oh, he already read that, so maybe we'll just bypass 27. Get out of here. And he came unto his father and said, my father, watch this. And he said, here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thou firstborn. That's a lie. He starts lying right there. What, what Rebekah did was set into motion what was going to happen to Jacob the rest of his life. This is going to cost him down the road. Uh, it's going to cost him his son. Joseph's going to get thrown in a pit uh, for lying uh, at this level of this degree. Now, God, God did something to Isaac here that was, the Lord actually blinded Isaac's heart and mind uh, to a couple of things because he doesn't catch that. I mean, you, if I listen to Andrew and Elizabeth, obviously I can tell the difference between Andrew and Elizabeth. I've only got one son, but I can listen to my four daughters and I can tell the difference in their voices. Uh, he did something to Isaac here to keep him from, from catching that that was Esau and not Isaac, or Esau, or that was Jacob, not, uh, that was, yeah, Jacob, not Esau. So uh, he, he get it, verse 19, and Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn lie. I have done according as thou hast biddest me. Go out and get venison. No, you lied. Your mom got something else. I pray thee sit and eat uh, of my venison, lie, that thy soul may bless me, lie. You ain't supposed to get the blessing. The blessing was supposed to go to Esau. Uh, and you could have got it if you would have done it the right way, but you didn't do it the right way. It would have come naturally to you. Uh, and it goes on down here. Jacob lies all over the place. Look at 22. And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him. He felt the hair that his mom put on him. He said, the voice is Jacob's. But the hands are the hands of Esau, and he discerned him not. So Lord uh, put some deception in, in, and the Bible says you want to be deceived, God will deceive you. Uh, there's one thing I, I always tell the Lord, I, just don't deceive me. Uh, show me exactly who I am, what I am, what I'm capable of. Uh, show me the, the, I, the, most people don't like the Bible because the closer you get to the Lord, the more you see you. 
And the more you see you, a lot of times we don't like what we see. I don't like what I see most of the times when I see me. Uh, when I look in a mirror, you know, I, sh- I forgot to shave this morning. I got here this morning. I said, man, I forgot. I said, I got little stubby things. So I asked Beth, and Beth said I looked okay. So that's, if, any, if y'all see any problems, it's my wife. My wife didn't bring my razor with me. I need to have a spare razor in the back. But, I mean, really, when you start looking spiritually, carnally, forget the carnal thing, but when you start looking spiritual, this book is a mirror that God gives us to read. Uh, oh, uh, Gary Duty has a song about a mirror. And we look in that book, and that book constantly shows us who we are. We're no better than Jacob. Uh, Esau is just a cunning man. He's a man of the world. That's exactly where he's at. That's where he wants to stay. Uh, Esau, when it gets down here in a few, few more chapters, when, when Esau finds out what his mom and dad likes, he does just the opposite. He does it to spite them. That's Esau. That's his character. A lot of people think that people, your character is developed when you're young. And it's going to be hard to change that thing. Uh, if you can catch it by the time you're 17, 18, 19 years old and change it, uh, you, can, you can tweak your character, but your character is pretty much developed when you're a young person. And uh, it, you'll always fight that thing uh, through your whole life. If you develop bad habits, you'll fight those things for the rest of your life. Uh, Jacob, Jacob here is doing some things that he shouldn't have done. And, but Esau definitely did some stuff which led to Jacob doing what he did. And the boys grew. He sold his birthright. Uh, what does the things of God mean to you? And, and really, you know, brother, that's, we were talking uh, uh, Friday night or Thursday night. I, I'm, we're teaching a little class on Romans and, and Galatians. Joe's doing Galatians. I'm doing Romans. And you get in that thing, and what you start finding out is uh, there's a lot of things that happened to us when we got saved that didn't happen to an Old Testament saint. Jacob didn't get it. Esau didn't get it. But the moment you got saved, everything that they have been working for up to a certain point you get dumped on you at one moment. You didn't have to learn anything. You just got it. All you had to do is figure out how to get saved. Grace, by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself is a gift of God. So faith starts coming in there. The grace of God gives you uh, that, that area of, of uh, you're not totally depraved like Calvin says, but gives you that totally, you got to watch that thing. You ever heard that Lord, if, if he's not Lord of all, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all? That's Calvinism. Brother, that thing is, I had a guy come to me, I went to a funeral the other day, and he comes up, well, you know, lordship, got to have lordship salvation. I'm like, you're an idiot, man, you're an idiot. Uh, When you first get saved, you don't know all that stuff, you just get saved. You come to the understanding of what salvation is, and you choose that, and you get saved. The rest of the stuff is grown, uh, grown on you. You ever read your Old Testament, and you wonder how in the world those guys could do what they do? I mean, all the sacrifices, everything they have to remember, they have to do everything just like click, click. I wouldn't be a seven-day Adventist if you gave me $100 billion. If they did everything, first of all, they're not doing everything they're supposed to do. If you're supposed to be a seven-day Adventist, uh, you're, you're Old Testament, you're not doing, I don't see anybody, sac- there's a seven-day Adventist church right down the road from us, I don't see anybody out there sacrificing nothing. Uh, I mean, if you're going to do exactly what the Jews did, then you got the temple, you got the seventh day, you're going to worship on the seventh day, which is, you're going to say is, is the Sabbath, you're going to have a Sabbath. Yeah, that's insane. Christ never, he never gave you an indication that that's what was going to happen. He came up on the first day of the week. He waited till after the Sabbath. But Rebecca, Rebecca jumped the gun. And Isaac, Isaac, it says, verse uh, 29, and, and Jacob sod pottage, and Esau came from the field. And this is where I stopped last week and was faint. 
Uh, it's, it's like a bowl of chili. I mean, he, he sold what God gave him. I don't know about you, but uh, one of the most precious things I have, the most precious thing I have, is my salvation. There is nothing on this planet, nothing, that even comes, compares to that. Zero, nothing. Uh, I know I'm saved. I know when I got saved. I'm talking to my mom. Y'all pray for her. She's, she's starting to come around. Uh, I think she's going to get it. I was sitting there praying, and uh, you know, Lord will bring. It, sometimes it takes a long, long time for something to actually occur in your life. Uh, I prayed 43 years ago when I got saved. I remember the prayer. Uh, I read a, a verse in the Bible that says, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house." And people say, "Oh, you've taken that out of context." I really don't care what people say. I, I know what I did, and I know what I asked for. And to this day, everybody in my house that I gave to the Lord that day, I said, "My brothers, my sisters, my mom, my dad." My nephews and nieces, uh, and it's even rolling over into the grandkids. The great grandkids are on all the all of them are getting saved. I had my niece the other day call me and tell me two of the four kids she has got saved. Uh, and the more you start going down through that, I start seeing that. Well, anyways, my mom is the last one, and uh, I'm not really sure. And I've been talking to her, and she says, "Well, I believe in Jesus." I said, "If you died right now, where would you go?" I don't know. I said, "You don't believe him?" She goes, "Oh yes, I do." I said, "Do you understand what you just said?" I said, you do not believe him. Now, I love my mom. She's 90 years old. And she's still in her right mind. And, and she goes, but I do believe him. I said, you do not. I said, mom, he said, believe on him. He said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God had raised him and did, thou shalt be saved. Okay, did you believe him? Yes. Did you trust him? Yes. Did you ask him to save you? Yes, I ask him all the time. If you died right now, where would you go? I don't know. You don't believe him. <laughs> I said, you know all this stuff. You know all of it. You don't believe it. If I believed it, I would, I would go from knowing to believing. I said, then it gets to trust. And I brought, we, she actually came over to the house yesterday. And everybody was there except Esther. And uh, we had to get her in the house. Now, Beth, in her wisdom, she was going to make my mom, which she's in a wheelchair, and she can't walk. And, she, and uh, they, them old people, man, they just pull, try to pull the wool over your eyes all the time. But anyway, she can walk. She walked. She walked a good quarter of a mile with that walker. If you go over to that place that she's standing, they, they put her the furthest away from everybody, and I think I know why they did that. But anyways, <laughs> she's so far back, you're hearing a couple other old ladies back there, they're so far away, uh, that it, it's just pathetic. And she had to walk down this aisle, and down this way, and down this other hallway, all the way down this hallway, and then and over, and then all the way down this other hallway, and then down this other hallway to go to this other hallway to get to the front of the building. That's a good eighth of a mile down there. And she walked all the way down, all the way back. It had to be a quarter of a mile down there. Uh, and we're sitting there talking. I said, Mom, I said, do you believe? She came over to the house. And uh, so I, she was in her wheelchair. But I scared her to death. And I, I said, do you trust me? She goes, yes. I said, okay, here we go. We're going to go four-wheeling. Because her chair, her wheelchair has four wheels on it. So I'd shoot her across the front yard. And she's bouncing all over the place. And she's freaking. And she's yelling. And uh, I'm her son. I can do that. So then I get her up to the sidewalk, put her on the sidewalk, and I got two steps to go up, or we can go up to four steps in the garage. So I turn her around where she can't see what she's doing, and I tilt it backwards, and she thinks she's on a ride at Kings Island. And I, I pick her up the first one, then pick up the second one, get inside. She's done thought she had a heart attack, ready to go back. She needs her Ativan. She needs something. I mean, she needs something to calm her down. She gets in, she eats, and then she's like, you're going to take me back out that door, aren't you? I said, yeah. I said, you bet I am. You know what I said? Now, do you trust me? I said, have I ever dumped you? She said, well, you've never done this before. <laughs> she, had, 
I said, well, I did it earlier. Did I dump you then? She goes, no. I said, we won't dump you then. We won't dump you now. And I had Andrew in front of her, so if something happened and she fell out, we'd get her back in. The problem is, is when it comes to trust, it goes, uh, it's a level above. When I say easy believes of, easy believism, you got to stop and think about that thing. Believing what, Baptists are bad about this. Believing that stuff. You know, most rock stars uh, used to be Baptists. Come out of a Baptist heritage. What happened to them? They didn't believe. They never believed. They knew. They understood. Some of them became Buddhists. Some of them became Jehovah Witnesses. All kinds of crazy stuff. You know, most Jehovah Witnesses are ex-Baptists. Almost every Jehovah Witness I ever talked to is an ex-Baptist. And I'm like, how could you be that idiot? Idiotic, man. How could you be such a moron? I mean, how could you go? Because what happened is you understood some things. You knew some things. But they never took root inside your heart, and you never believed them. you got to sit there and get, you got to start breaking things down in life and say, look, I know, I know that, wait a second, the only way all this stuff could happen is somebody had to make it. I, I still get, I'm amazed at wood. I love wood. I look at all the grain pattern in that wood up there, and I'm like, it's, there's no two boards in that ceiling alike. Uh, there's just none of them up there alike. The, your fingerprints, there's nothing alike. There's no way that could happen in nature. Eight billion people, and nobody's the same. Get out of here. They say, oh, they're identical twins, all except for their fingerprints. If they, if they put their fingerprints down on a piece of paper, it's two totally different people. And you sit there and say, what in the world's going on? It's, it's called trust. you got to get to the place where I trust God. And, and sometimes you got to go all the way back to some basic things and start developing that trust. I've heard people say, well, I read my Bible. I know everything. No, you don't. I hate to offend somebody, but if all you've ever done is read your Bible one time, you don't know anything. You know that it's long and Leviticus is boring. That's what you know. And you know if First Chronicles is just as bad as Leviticus. That's what you definitely know. If you actually read it. I talked to somebody one day. I said, did you ever read your Bible? Yes, I did. I read it one time. I said, all of it. He goes, all, well, all but Leviticus. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can understand that. It's a lifelong thing. You read it and you read it and you read it. The more I read it, the worse it gets for me. But, but what I'm trying to say is you got to get to the place to trust God. They're not trusting God here. Esau did not trust his dad, and he did not trust God. And that caused him to do some things he should have never done. He should have never sold his birthright. What, what is, you know what's important to me? Well, what I was going to say about my mom is, my, I want to get that across, is here I am the other day looking, and now i got my mom up here in Dayton, and the Lord says she's the last one in your family. Your work is still cut out. Until she gets it to the point she says she knows that she's saved and going to heaven, she goes, that promise I made you back here isn't fulfilled yet. I made you a promise 43 years ago, and he's still working on it 43 years later. I tell my mom, she goes, well, my heart is in Kentucky. He said, my, 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 I said, no, mom. I said, she goes, and my heart, I said, no, your brain tells you what to do. She goes, well, I want to be in Kentucky. I said, yeah, God wants you in Ohio. She goes, but I want to be in Kentucky. I said, look what he had to do. He had to break your stinking hip to get you in Ohio. And then she shuts up and starts laughing. I said, because you're, she goes, I'm hard-headed, aren't I? I said, yep. I said, yep, you are. And Beth goes, I know where, she, I know where you got it now. <laughs> I'm like, no. I said, Mom, you got to sit there. And you, I said, and I can't even tell you how many. I said, if you died right now, where'd you go? Well, I'm not sure. I said, you don't trust him. Oh, I do trust him. No, you don't. Let me ask you a question. Do you trust him? 
Do you trust him? Have you ever thought about some of the things you do? And I, oh man, don't think about things I do. Just worry about yourself. <laughs> People look at me all the time and say, well, you do. You don't, you know, you can't look at somebody else and say, you do. You can't do it because you don't do all the other things they do in a day's time. Sometimes, man, I sit down and I'll turn to, I'll, we got an idiot box at the house and I'll sit down and 90% of the time I'll just go right to sleep. Uh, documentaries are stupid, man. I mean, they're worse than stupid. I can't believe somebody would spend. What gets me is the more I watch these documentaries, how can a scientist spend his whole life or her life going to schools to get all the doctorates and everything else they need to do what they're doing, and they spend their lives looking out in space 100 billion light years away, trying to figure out some way of, of seeing that out there, and they'll never go there. And they're that dedicated, and yet you get somebody who says they're a Christian, won't spend time in their book. Yeah. A moment or two. Man, I, I don't understand that. Jacob sawed pottage. He's got a plan. Esau comes from the field and was faint. Uh, diets are not, you shouldn't go on a diet. He should have took some little protein bars with him or something, man. He should have, he should have had some stuff, some jerky or something, some, some sheep jerky or something with him. Verse 30, and Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, the same pottage from, uh, for I am faint. Am I in the right place? 722, it says, I finished here last week, so I, I think I went on a little bit further than this. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And this is probably one of the most critical turning points in your Bible. Esau could have been, it could have been the line of Esau, but the Lord knew that. Uh, this, is, this is where Calvin messed up. God has a foreknowledge. That's why he could tell Rebecca, that Esau is going to serve Jacob, and Jacob is going to rule over Esau. That's, it's foreknowledge. It is not uh, uh, total T-U-L-I-P, irresistible grace. It's not uh, perseverance of the saints. It's not limited atonement. It's not unconditional election. It's not you're going to be elected, and this is what's going to happen. No, it's none of that. It is God's foreknowledge. You've you got to remember, God's, there's a bubble called time, and the universe is sitting in that bubble. Heaven, as a matter of fact, is in that bubble. God is outside that bubble. He can interject himself into the bubble. He can sit on a throne in heaven, which is inside that bubble. Anything that is created by God is in that bubble, and that bubble is called time. Time is going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. God sees the beginning. He tells you all through your Bible, I see the beginning. You want to get to the place where you have some faith in him and trust? He says, I see the end from the beginning. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen before, what it, before it happens. That's foreknowledge. So he could tell you, he could write my life, Mike's life, from the day I got saved, born in 1957 to the day I die, whatever day it is. I, he could tell me the moment and the second I'm going to die. He could already tell me that. People say, well, you can pick a gun up and shoot yourself. I tell you what, if I picked a gun up and went to shoot myself, uh, that would have been the day I was supposed to die. In God's perspective, I don't think you can do anything. I don't... I don't think you can do anything to change your destiny unless he interjects into your life to change your destiny. And he interjects that stuff, but he already knows. It's almost like it's played out. Now, that sounds almost like Calvinism. That is not Calvinism. That's God's foreknowledge. Now, you go to God. Here's where prayer comes in. I like David. David said, if I go to this city, will Saul come? Yes. Now, if that's as far as you're going to go with it, you know what? Saul's going to come and He says, will the men of Keilah turn me over to him? Lord said, yep. <laughs> he never told him to stay or to go. He goes, I'm out of here. man." <laughs> and he leaves. That just shows common sense. I choose life. 
Before the foundation of the world, you know what the Lord could have said? David, you're going to go to Keala, and you're going to ask me if, if Saul's going to come to Keala. Yeah. If, if, and God knows, see, there's, there's, there's a million, if not a billion different opportunity, options that could happen. If this happened, that could happen. This, God's the only one who can figure that thing out. If, if he could, if, all he had to do is show us the lotto one time, man, we could make it. I mean, we could have anything we wanted. If he just one time, just one lotto, one big one, like a billion-dollar lotto, if he would just give us the numbers. He already knows what they are. If he just give me the numbers, I'd be okay. Or you. I would say, I'd take the tithe off a billion. That's, that's a hundred million. A hundred, yeah, no, a hundred million. Yeah, it would be a, well, let's go for a trillion. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> But you sit there and look at that, and he says, David, this is what's going to happen. And David, But David would have never lived that out. David would have never got to meet God. David would have never got to realize that he can trust the Lord. You need to go through those things in life so you can get to the place where you trust God and not yourself. You know what Esau's problem was? He was a masculine man that was good in the wilderness, and he could do what he wanted to do, and he could go hunting, and he could do all this other. He thought he was the man, and, and he didn't need God. You know what Jacob did? <laughs> He listened to his mom, and he cheated, and he lied his whole life. And when he got before Pharaoh, he said, few and evil are the days of my pilgrimage. That means his whole life was messed up. Isn't it a shame to get out there 130-something years old, and you realize that your life is just all messed up? Esau and Jacob, it says, and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. That question should have never even come up into the conversation, verse 31. Never in the conversation. Esau gave Jacob the, the thought that he, he did not care about his birthright and that I could get that thing. Esau should have, that should have never even been in this passage, but it's there. Jacob, probably Esau's looking, thinking, what, what good is a birthright really? What is it? What is a birthright? Uh, well, I'm a child of the king. I got saved in 1980 on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky. I had a new birth. Uh, that is important. It's important enough for the Lord to come and die 2,000 years earlier so I could get on that birthright. It's, if it's that important for him to do that, then my life is important, and so is yours. Uh, the question is, is what are you going to do with your life? And I can't tell you. I've had people come up and say, oh, well, what do, I can't tell you what to do. I cannot tell you. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I've stopped and looked at my life. I had a preacher look at me one time and said, well, you got through some things in life, didn't you? I said, yeah. And he goes, God got you through those things, didn't he? I said, yeah. He goes, will he get other people through those same things? I said, yes, he can. And the outcome will all depend on what you do at those crossroads. There was a donkey. I preached a sermon there a couple weeks ago. Uh, he sent uh, his disciples to find a, a, a mule, a donkey, a colt tied at a, a place where two ways met. You know, you're always tied at a place where two ways meet. And depending on which way you go, it would depend on what happens to you in life. And you say, well, you, you, we worry about 20 years from now. If you go to college, I saw Sarah one day, and she was, uh, I told her, you need to finish college. She, and she was getting ready to do some other stuff. And uh, she said, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. And she had, to, she had to bust it out, man, to do it. And I mean, night and day, night and day. And she finally got through the thing and did it. And she thanked me for doing that because you, down the road somewhere, that's going to play back into it. Do you know when I went in the Navy that if you came in the Navy at, with a, a, a bachelor's degree, if you, you went to college and learned how to weave baskets, and you could come into the Navy as a basket weaver with a, um, a bachelor's degree in basket weaving, which I'm sure they probably have that. That's probably a, a pretty sought out 
degree right now. But if you could have got one of those, you could have come in and they would have made you a pilot. And their whole theory behind all that stuff is that if you can learn and you can go through college and you can get that degree in four years, that means that you'll put the effort in to get it and you got it. That means you can learn so we can teach you. Uh, that's why they take, give you ASVAB scores and tests and all that other stuff. So they can see where your level of thinking is and can you work on this level here and will you do it? Uh, it it's amazing when they come to enlisted people. Uh, especially the schools I went to, they said, you fail one time, we're going to kick you out. So they got us by threats. They never threatened officers, man. I mean, they just, they put them under contract and that's it. But Esau, Esau was sitting there trying to figure out what is his birthright worth, really in the long run, what is it worth? What is a Christian walk really worth at the end when you start walking down the road? Uh, what is 40 years of my life, giving up the world here? And I've, I've been saved for 43 years. I wouldn't trade a thing, not one thing, in the last 43 years. I've grown all the way through a whole bunch of stuff. But what could I have had 43 years ago today if I'd have went the way of the world? And what did I give up? I didn't give up anything. But me telling you that, you'll not understand that unless you do it. Because you will see, or the typical person out there will see in the world, well, I've got to give up this, and I've got to give up that, and I've got to give up this, and I've got to give up that, and I've got to give up this, and I've got to give up that. And, and they start looking at all these things they've got to give up, and it becomes so overwhelming to them, they can't do it. I didn't, man, I didn't, you know what he did? He tempted me with the United States Navy. And I had one shot, and that's what he gave me, and that's all I cared about, and that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't care about anything else. There was nothing on my mind at that point in my life. Everything else went to the wayside. I got an opportunity to get in the United States Navy, and all I got to do is get in the door. If I can get in the door, I can make the rest of the stuff happen. It'll, it'll work. I just got to get in the door. So I got in the door. Then I got to get through boot camp. 13 weeks. That's all I cared about. I didn't care about what was going to happen 13, after 13 weeks. I cared about getting through boot camp every day. I mean, I, they're going to smash me and mash me and do this and do that and make me puke and all this. None of that stuff ever happened. I mean, it was crazy. I got in there, and they put me in, in uh, the drill team. Because I was six foot three. And I run around flipping rifles all over the place. I, didn't, I got everything, man. I, got, I mean, I got to go bowling all the time. It, it really wasn't boot camp. <laughs> but you know what it is? You sit there and God gives you stuff. And he gives you stuff. And he gives you stuff. And mankind, Esau just didn't care one thing about what God gave. Esau, he said, you can't eat prophecy. I, I mean, this is what Dr. Roman, he wrote this stuff down. I just copied it right out of his book. I like the way he said it. If I keep the birthright, I mean, he's looking at a bowl of beans. What would you sell God out for? What, what would it take you to sell God out for? Exactly, what would it take you? He did it for a bowl of beans. I'm like, nah, 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 I'm going to take my chances. I talk to myself all the time. I still do it to this day. Uh, I'm like, no, I've already, I'm not too far down this path. Uh, I'm too far down, I'm too far down. Uh, it, and it really doesn't matter whether I go out and be a Donald Trump or a Elon Musk or a Bill Gates or or uh, Bezo or one of these guys that make billions of dollars. It doesn't matter because one of these days I'm going to die and that's going to stay behind. And the only thing that's left is, is me on the other side of this thing. And 60 or 70 years, and i got to keep convincing myself of this, 60 or 70 years is just not worth eternity. It's not worth it. Uh, but the devil, man, the flesh will always get there. You Go back to Matthew chapter 4. He offers Jesus Christ everything. That's Satan talking to the Son of God. He's offering him everything. I will give you the kingdoms of the world. What will it take for you to sell, sell out? He will sell you out for a bowl of beans or he'll give you everything. It doesn't matter. What he's looking for is what will it take for you to sell him out. Have you ever looked at some of these rock stars? 
I was reading an article about, I shouldn't probably say this, but Tina Turner and Ike Turner. Uh, a long, 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 long time ago when they were little bitty babies, she came out of a Baptist church. And they were over in London, England doing something, or somewhere in England doing something, a show. And this guy shows up, and he's, he's like a, a groupie, and he's all over the stage. And, and Tina Turner made the comment that that guy will never be much of a showman at all. He will never be much of anything at all. He just is, he's just a groupie, man. He's an irritant at best. He'll never be nothing. That guy was Mick Jaggers. Them two, them two groups right there have destroyed more people on this planet than you can even shake. I mean, there's just, you can't even count the number of people, they, lives they've destroyed. You know what she said later on in life? She goes, I was wrong about him. <laughs> As she performed with him later on down in life. You never know who's around you, when they're around you, what they're going to do, but what will it take to sell them guys? Them guys will sell themselves out. We, you, I'm telling you what, you'll sell yourself out for something. And you got to stop and say, wait a minute, what am I losing when I do that? I don't want to lose the possibility of this thing down here. If it's not there, then I didn't lose anything. But if it is there, man, it's, just, it's, it's a waste. He's sitting there, he's looking at the immediate. I like, I like uh, Bob Jones Sr. said, never, never, uh, how do you board that? Never on, I think I might have it in my morning message. He says some pretty good stuff from time to time. Let's see if I got it here. Never sacrifice. Don't sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. Uh, back of God's command is his omnipotence. Never sacrifice, never sacrifice the permanent. You know what heaven is? He said it's permanent. That's a permanent thing out there one of these days. Eternity is a permanent thing. And we sacrifice it for the little things on a bowl of beans. You know how many people sacrifice this world for stupid stuff? But God said, well, then why don't you, we just do what God said? I mean, if you really stop look at it, if Esau would have said, no, Jake, can't sell you my, my, nah, my birthright. Dad, Daddy thinks that's important, and, and Grandpa Abraham thinks it's important. And, and God, I've watched it in their lives, and they think it's important. You know, my mom said to me, I left yesterday, and she's been fighting with me for 35 years over this Catholic Baptist thing. And, uh, and she, I think she's just stubborn. She's just stubborn is all it is. And Beth walked out of the room, and she goes, you know what your wife told me? I said, no. She goes, she listens to your preaching all the time, and you're her favorite preacher. And she learns stuff every time you preach. She goes, you got a good family. And she has never had that. You know what that is? That's Jesus Christ. That's all that is, is just Jesus Christ. Uh, am I perfect? No, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a mess at best. I mean, I, I look at myself, and, and I, I think I'm a mess, and, and I'm shot. But I didn't get what I got by overstepping on somebody else's back. I hate it when I see people stepping on other people trying to get what they want. Uh, all you have to do is wait. You wait on the Lord, you'll get everything you're supposed to need. What else? Uh, well, a, a bowl of beans. Man, i got to get to the rest of these verses. I told, I told you I was going to get to them. Uh, so that's six. Let me go to seven. The firstborn is entitled to double portion of the father's inheritance. That's what he gave up. The firstborn is entitled to the Abrahamic, Abrahamic blessing of Genesis 12, 1 through 4. I'll bless them that bless thee, I'll curse them and curse thee. That's what the firstborn, he's throwing all this away. The firstborn is, you know, that's what, when you sell yourself out, that's what you're doing. You're throwing away what God has for you. 
There's, there's, I'm telling you, most of the time I'm sitting there and I tell people this, and they think I'm joking, I'm really not. In heaven, if the Lord said, you, I'm telling you, you could almost, I could give you what he was going to give me. I, that's not what I'm doing this for. It is, I'm not doing this for the treasures I'm going to get in heaven. I don't do this for that. I'm getting ready to get dinged right now. I can see it. You missed it, brother. It's, it's 1049. Thank you. It's pretty bad. He's going to have to go over to the old folks' home, too. I mean, I can see right now. <laughs> But, but I'm sitting there going, I don't, I'm, not doing, I'm doing this for the Lord because I know it's right. And I don't always want to do what I'm doing, but I know it's right. And that's what I want to do uh, the best I can when I understand what to do. And, and you sell yourself out. We sell ourselves out in this world for some of the stupidest things. It's just, it, it's ignorant. The firstborn is entitled to, to be in the line of Jesus Christ. That's me, man. I get to be in there. I get burned. You know, you're not in, and I told this to somebody else the other night. Everybody, I've heard people say, well, I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm this, and, and, and I want to be. You, this race you're in is between you and the Lord Jesus Christ and nobody else. You do, not, you do not have to run with me. You do not have to run against me. There isn't, it isn't like I'm the president, I'm going to be the president of the Anchor Baptist Church. Nah, nah, nah. I heard a guy one time say that, that he thought he wanted to be the pastor of a church, and he helped destroy the place. You say, what is that? Well, that's somebody trying to go up a ladder, but to do that, you're going to step on everybody's back on the way up. That's the craziest thing in the whole world. My race is nothing but with Jesus Christ. Paul said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. That was between me and him. You know what your race is between you and him? It has nothing to do with me. If I look at all the, I'll never be a Charles Haddon Spurgeon. I'll never be a Dwight L. Moody. I'll never be a J. Frank Norris. I'll never be a Jack House. I'll never be a Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. I'll never be a Brother Brian Donovan. I'll never be a, a Dr. Peacock. I won't be that. I'll be a Mike Elliott. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the best Mike Elliott I can be for Jesus Christ. Plus nothing, minus nothing, and I don't really care about what he's going to give me. However, comma, I know that he's going to give me stuff there. And he thinks it's important. And I know whatever he thinks is good. <laughs> so whatever he does, you're sacrificing that to sell yourself cheap on this side. I'm like, no, I said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. As head of the family, Esau would have been the head of the family. The firstborn is entitled to the gift of prophecy. He would have had it, and he, he chunked it. Verse 32, it says, and Esau said, I'll stop right here. Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do for me? First of all, one bowl of beans is not at the point of death. This diet I just got off of is the point of death. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, I've been a bad boy the last week. And now I have to go back on the diet to get back to where I was. But I wasn't where I was in the beginning. And if he just went out in the field one day, unless he'd been, been fasting for three or four days to start that thing, uh, that one day out there in the field, he wasn't at the point. That's just flesh saying what he's saying. And he chunked everything uh, for a bowl of beans. And there's always somebody there. This is, I want to finish right here. There's always somebody there to offer you that bowl of beans. If you want that bowl of beans, believe me, God will put somebody there to offer you that bowl of beans. I just personally would rather, you know, they say, and it, I guess if you don't eat after five or six days that you'll go into a coma. Uh, but I hear people say all the time they fast for 10 days. I'm like, how do you do that, man? Somebody's lying here. Somebody, I don't know, doctors or somebody. But I know after a while, if you don't eat, uh, you're going to shrivel up and you're going to die. And you're going to go to heaven. So what does it matter? A bowl of beans, if I, if I weighed those two things out, keep the beans. I mean, I, I just would not, I, I'm just not, it's not worth a bowl of beans. 
And when I read a story like it, it's like Lord warning me. He says, Mike, don't sell yourself short. Uh, just worry about today. Worry about today. If everybody in this room would worry about what's going on today and not tomorrow, just today. I got to get through today, today. Let me get through today, today. If I could get through today, tomorrow will present itself tomorrow. And I'll, I'll worry about the things tomorrow. But today is what I got to worry about today. I've got things I got to worry about. I'm going to worry about those things. I got a mom sitting over here now. The Lord put her in my path. Uh, I'm sitting there going, okay, I got to take care of her. She's there. Uh, my concern with her is to make sure she knows where she's going to go when she dies. I do not want her to go to a place called hell. That's my mom. And I'm going to do everything I can to get her into heaven. And she may already be there, but I'm going to make sure she knows it. The Lord says, Mike, I brought this thing around in your life 43 years later. Are you still serious about that thing? You know, sometimes God just makes you wait and wait and wait and wait. And he'll make you so mad at the person that you're waiting for. Uh, and it's all going to be a spiritual thing on top of all of this stuff. The battle was a spiritual battle to get her with a promise that God already gave me years ago. And he said, now, will you put the same effort in her that you put in everybody else? Yeah, I'll do whatever I have to do. I, mean, it won't, uh, I won't charge her a dime. I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll spend my last dime. She did for me. I'll do for her. It's that simple. You know what that is? That's the Bible. Is it always, is, is serving Jesus Christ easy to do? No, it's not. Never was, never will be. Uh, but I'm telling you what, it's fun. I enjoy it. We have a class on Thursday night. I enjoy that class. Uh, because, and I think, you think I'm going slow here. You ought to get in the class, man. I'm really going slow there. Uh, and I asked him the other night, I said, hey, y'all, y'all, am I going too slow for you? And not a one of them said no. I don't know whether they did it out of just because they didn't want to hurt my feelings. But uh, I think the Bible is one of those things where you should take your time and understand it and live it. It should get to the place where you could live it. If you can't live it and you're living something else, you're missing it. You're missing it. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the Sunday school class. And Lord, uh, again, bless the morning service. Uh, be with